Uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it is you happen to be at the moment. Uh, my name is Avi Weiss. I'm the president of the Taub Center, and we welcome you to this uh, very special presentation we're going to get from uh, Professor Nadav Davidovich, who I will introduce to you in a minute. Let me just uh, precede the uh, Nadav for Nadav's introduction and what he has to say um, by telling you that we had our uh, latest uh, uh, air aid siren uh, less than two hours ago. And uh, there is always a chance. We don't know when this would happen again. There's always a chance that it could happen. It happens in different parts of the country at different times. And people here are spread out across the country. If it does happen, some of us will have to uh, uh, go into our uh, bomb shelters uh, in order to keep to stay safe. Um, there are enough other people here that we will be able to continue the conversation. But uh, but just it, it can happen at any minute. We never know when that's going to be the case. Um, so let me, with no further ado, let me start and uh, and just introduce you to uh, to Professor Nadav Davidovich. Many of you, I'm sure, know him well, know his reputation. So let me just tell you a little bit about him. Um, I'm going to have to cut it short because if I were to say everything about him, we wouldn't have time for any additional content. So since we want to get to that also, let me just give you a short introduction to Nadav. So Nadav, first of all, from our perspective, is, is the principal researcher and the health policy program chair in the Taub Center. Uh, aside from that very, very important role that he plays, he's an epidemi epidemiologist and public health physician and the head of the Ben-Gurion University of the Negev School of Public Health. He has served as the chair of the Department of Health Systems Management at the university and the Center for Health Policy Research in the Negev. In addition to that, he's the chair of the Association of Public Health Physicians in Israel, and he's a member of various committees of the Israel Israeli Health uh, Ministry of Health. He is also a member of various international committees, um, and I won't go through the list. Uh, in addition to all that, Nadav is uh, also serves and has served as a military physician. He is in reserves. He's a lieutenant colonel in the reserves. He was commander of the Southern Command uh, Medical Unit uh, in Operation Protective Edge. And currently, he's involved in initiatives in the Negev, mainly promoting community resilience, working with civil society organizations and international in, uh, initiatives related to those abducted, which we know is super uh, relevant right now, raising awareness with the World Health Organization and with the Red Cross. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to Nadav because he's the person we want to hear from and not me. Thank you, Nadav. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Avi. Um, and thank you for being uh, with us. Um, it's a very difficult time right now in Israel. Uh, I've been engaged with emergencies, uh, both serving in the military and also being uh, in the Ministry of Health and other different contexts, including COVID. Maybe some of you remember some of the webinars we did. Uh, I was myself uh, in South Lebanon, also being attacked by terrorists. Um, as, as Avi said, I was uh, the commander of a unit of more than 1,000 uh, physician medics, paramedics, nurses uh, during uh, the last uh, Gaza war. In place. Uh, we evacuated about 700 wounded uh, soldiers then. And, about, and needed to recognize about 60 bodies and of course what we are going now it's unprecedented um, 
I need to say that I'm also very engaged with many Palestinians, um, both in the West Bank and Gaza. Many of them approached me and, and said how horrible the situation is. Um, on the other hand, and I think this will be another message, it is amazing to see uh, the sense of solidarity we have now in Israel among all parts of society. Um, this is not trivial. After the last 10 months, we all know what Israel went through. Um, the role of civic society, people volunteering, and I think this is showing us uh, the strength and resilience of, uh, of Israeli society. On the other hand, I had like a preliminary discussion with uh, Nir before, and I think this will be another bottom line. We are many times excellent in emergencies, but uh, a bit less so in uh, you know the long term and routine. And I think uh, this is something that we need to remember, especially the role of Taub Center throughout uh, the years. So Israel is very well prepared for emergencies. Um, of course, I'm teaching courses about emergency preparedness, and in the School of Public Health at Ben Gurion, we have a, a master program. Of course, uh, emergency preparedness uh, is something that you're not just building uh, during an emergency. It's something that uh, needs to be prepared uh, before, and it's based on the routine. Uh, of course, there are many, many different components, the military, and I'll be talking, of course, about the health issues. Um, so you have hospitals, you have community healthcare and the health funds. Uh, we see the importance of uh, having a national health insurance uh, law and the fact that the Israeli healthcare system is spread all, all over the, the, the country. Um, but uh, we need to remember that we have the short term, the midterm and, and the long term. And the short term, of course, you're dealing with the emergency. and. I just want to show you here some of the numbers and I want to thank uh, uh, Nir Kedar for um, giving us uh, uh, the data. Um, and this is the cumulative numbers. So you can see that we have uh, until, uh, this is from yesterday, but it's now, you can see that it's relatively stable. Uh, you can see that we got uh, more than uh, 3,600 hospitalized since the beginning of, of the war. Um, and of course, what was really uh, horrible that uh, on the first day, uh, we had uh, more than uh, the first two days, most of them arrived actually. Uh, I'm at Ben Gurion University, as Avi said, and the Soroka Medical Center. I spoke with the director uh, the day after. They got on the first day more than 700 wounded people, many of them in severe conditions. Um, just for you to understand that the scenario that uh, Soroka Medical Center was dealing uh, in a worst case scenario was 100 uh, patients per day. And then they got almost 800. And you can just imagine the, the, the... I, I have students, I talk with them today that are, are serving their uh, different roles in the emergency room. Just, just imagine uh, what happened there. But it's not just Soroka, it's also uh, Barzilai. 
hospital that, by the way, was uh, got a direct uh, hit by a missile and uh, all the children rehabilitation center was destroyed. Uh, I spoke with the director there. Um, and of course, other hospitals as well. Um, as you can imagine, part of emergency preparedness is doing the redistribution because you cannot get all the, even if the hospital are closed, you need to redistribute. Israel is a relatively small country and you can do it by ambulances, you can do it by helicopters. But on the first day when you, you get uh, people coming from, uh, you know, uh, by themselves from the, uh, the the music festival that was, was there, um, the whole issue of redistribution almost didn't operate. It started to operate uh, uh, later. And for, of course, then things became so-called normal. Of course, not normal at all, but so-called uh, 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 normal. Uh, so you can see uh, here how many are hospitalized in serious uh, conditions. Again, this is unprecedented. Um, and of course, these are just uh, dry numbers. Um, we are talking about the whole stories, people that felt that they were totally uh, abandoned and uh, from a variety of reasons. And I served in the Southern Command. I was uh, at Gaza uh, Division, Ogdat Aza. I know the place very, very well. And it's I, I, I got all the analysis, but it's really hard to imagine uh, what what happened? They actually destroyed all the command, command and control, and um, this is something that, of course, we are going to deal with it uh, later and understanding, because on all different levels, from the tactical level to the strategy level, there are so many things that took place. I'm not going to discuss it, uh, of course. Uh, so, as you can Im imagine, uh, in terms of the healthcare system, this is a major uh, challenge. Uh, remember during COVID, we had Italy and other places with uh, the whole question of hospitals that uh, if they are overwhelmed, they can collapse. So I can assure you that the Israeli healthcare system and the hospitals and community, the way that are um, working, we need really to applaud them. On the other hand, and I'll talk about it in a moment, um, you know, top center research. And, and just last year, we had a conference about, uh, annual conference, uh, also celebrating the 40th anniversary. Top center was uh, on health inequalities. So you know what is the situation in terms of uh, uh, workforce in the South, in the Negev, for example. We are now also dealing with uh, the North uh, that unfortunately seems to get uh, also into uh, the current uh, uh, situation. So these are the numbers, but there are stories and tragedies. I'm sure that many of you saw uh, at Ben Gurion University, we are going from funeral to funeral. I was just a few days ago uh, in a funeral of one of the most amazing physicians I knew, uh, Eitan Neeman. Um, his sister uh, went with me to Bnei Akiva uh, as a teenager, Michal Neeman. Uh, he's the son of uh, the late uh, Yaakov Neeman an amazing uh, a family. He was a pediatrician at the ICU unit. Um, he was at the hospital at Soroka Hospital the first day uh, when everything happened. And then the next day moved to, and was killed in Sderot by an attack. He was 
a physician in an elite unit and uh, unfortunately was killed. Another physician was killed. Uh, some of our faculty still missing students. It's 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 horrible. Uh, Avi, I don't know how you say it in English. And by Chen Bumet, you know there is no house without uh, someone who is either dead or abducted. It's a phrase from the Bible. Um, so you can ask yourself. We can ask ourselves, okay, so what are we doing in this situation? So I want now maybe to bring the, the better side, uh, the, the role of Israeli society and civic society, the way that people volunteered, especially after the, the protest, for example, so many networks that were established during the protest, all of them now are being engaged, including the white coat protest, all of them now being engaged um, with uh, what is there? Uh, Avi asked me today as a friend that want to volunteer from from the U.S. and we, we don't need now uh, more physicians. And it's crazy in a way because uh, we know there is a shortage of physicians, but all people that uh, um, uh, uh, retired, got back, uh, people from abroad returned. Um, so it's an, a, a really an amazing uh, situation. Um, but we need to understand that it's not just about the short term. Uh, we must remember that there are many other things taking place. We have now in Israel about 60,000 people that are displaced. Um, this is the term that we should use uh, that were evacuated. Uh, about 16,000 uh, that are up to four kilometers, what is called Otef Aza, that were sent to 35 uh, hotels. Uh, and uh, they are going to stay for unknown time uh, out of their home. Many of them, the, the house was destroyed. Of course, they need uh, all kinds of uh, uh, help and rehabilitation. Uh, and the rest of them uh, are from four to seven kilometers. And right now, the government said that they are going for one week uh, uh, for refresh, uh, like to be refreshed. I don't know how to say it exactly in English. Uh, to, uh, and of course, it's clear that it's not going to take uh, one one week. You have many amazing municipalities. Uh, Mitzpah Ramon, for example, usually 5,000 people now. There are more than 10,000. Um, many, many other municipalities that uh, got uh, all of those that were uh, evacuated. Hotels, as I mentioned, some went to the Dead Sea. Uh, and it's still a, a big uh, question. And uh, I'm just uh, after a, a call um, with a, a coalition of uh, um, civic society in the Negev. There is a lot of duplication and many organizations that want to do lots of good. Many people that are bringing food, uh, but it's clear that the, the state need to enter and, 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 and bring the budget and do the, the uh, integration. So just to bring you one a, a fact that uh, was even cited uh, on the newspaper today uh, from the work of uh, Professor Johnny Gall, the principal researcher uh, and, and chair of the welfare uh, program. So we know, for example, that uh, in the social services in municipalities, only 87% of lines are actually filled. And uh, about 800 lines that are actually nobody is there 
some of the municipalities, about uh, one quarter of uh, positions are not filled, and this is, of course, going to be a major, a, a major issue. Um, many of us are thinking about the physical aspects. I want to stress that when you're talking about public health response uh, to emergencies, you must deal not just with the physical aspect, you must deal with mental health. Uh, in all the uh, preliminary surveys that we are doing, mental health is one of the big uh, issues. Um, and uh, we have uh, many uh, volunteering, uh, there are challenges to uh, get in touch uh, with all those that were evacuated. Uh, there are different uh, parts of society. Think about the Bedouin society, unrecognized villages that uh, the people killed there because they don't have uh, work. They don't have shelters. Uh, we need the uh, mental health experts that uh, can speak in all different languages. And uh, again, according to the work we were doing in Taub, uh, we know that unfortunately, that both regarding mental health and social uh, services, uh, there are uh, lots of uh, problems, especially in, in the periphery. And again, there is a lot of work of civic society, but uh, this cannot continue. We just by civic society, we need to see how the state uh, uh, is intervening in, a, in order to coordinate uh, what's going on. So yesterday, for example, the uh, Food Security uh, um, uh, Council uh, started a, a multi-stakeholders uh, uh, process. The uh, same thing happened in other places, and I hope in the coming week uh, things will be much more uh, much more uh, coordinated. Uh, I think one of the lessons uh, that we learned from COVID, and it was uh, also in all of our uh, um, reports and was supposed to be also the topic of uh, next week, uh, finally it was canceled, uh, annual conference is the role of uh, uh, the municipalities and the local uh, government. Um, and that's something that uh, we need, we must continue and do work and see how we can uh, strengthen uh, uh, these uh, this aspect. Um, other another uh, issue that uh, when we're talking about the healthcare system that nobody thought would be such a challenge is uh, uh, identification of bodies of corpses. Um, I have a student I spoke with her today. She's in the military. And from the big, she's a, a, a dentist, and she was taken to be part of the of this process of identification. Um, she was working at the beginning uh, shifts of twelve hours, uh, and then they understood that this is impossible. Uh, you know the the things that people saw there is quite horrible, and just for you to understand that in all Israel we have only seven registered uh, forensic physicians. Okay, just for you to understand the, um, uh, you know, the, 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 the need. Uh, many people uh, uh, volunteered, including some of our uh, students. Um, uh, someone who did uh, in the past uh, body identification, including during uh, uh, the tsunami in Thailand, uh, this is a horrible task, uh, but it's really such an important one Families that are uh, that want to be assured about the, the the you know to have a body to have a funeral. Um, Nachmanash, who was the previous uh, 
um, Director General of the Ministry of Health was assigned now to coordinate all of this. Uh, it's very complicated uh, and uh, the uh, innovative way that uh, Israeli society is dealing with that with lots of high-tech uh, people entering using AI in order to do better identification. I think that's something that uh, is uh, amazing, but again, all the preparedness were maybe of having, you know, 10, 20, 50, 100 corpses, not uh, 1,400, you know. Uh, this is something unprecedented and um, uh, something that is really, really uh, uh, hard. Um, many other things are taking place right now that are interesting um, as part of the lessons from the Second Lebanon War. Um, Israel is now operating in a way that although we have four health funds, uh, people can get uh, services uh, regardless of uh, their membership uh, in a specific uh, health fund. Um, so, you know, if you're now in the Dead Sea and you are insured by Leumit, but, uh, you know, th there is a place that you can go and have your um, the medicine that you need, uh, so things are much more, much, much easier, and I think that's a really a great uh, idea. Uh, lots of initiative related to telehealth, uh, again that uh, started before COVID, during COVID, uh, and those of you who read uh, some of our reports at Taub Center, you know, and it was one of the previous conferences we had about uh, treating from, uh, working from. Uh, um, um, long distance or treating long distance. So this is now very, uh, very uh, helpful. Um, another major uh, issue that um, it's important uh, to mention and I'm being involved is the question of uh, the hostages and uh, those who are missing. Um, so I, I was uh, involved in uh, dealing with uh, yeah, yeah. the Red Cross. Uh, we met the International uh, Red Cross, a representative uh, here in Israel. Um, we know that about 200 uh, people are probably being kept as uh, hostages, including elderly women, children, infants. Uh, many of them are, of course, in life-threatening uh, condition and need uh, life-saving uh, uh, medications. Um, we were talking and uh, had at least a partial intake from families. Um, and we know that some of the people that were taking hostages suffering from cancer, cardiovascular diseases, Parkinson, heart failure, diabetes, um, many that were wounded with amputation, many that uh, were raped, um, patients with special needs such as autism, dementia, uh, that required uh, urgent uh, medical uh, treatment. The, the, the age range is from nine months to 90 years old. Imagine that are Holocaust survivors, Holocaust survivors that went through the Holocaust and now uh, some of them killed or some of them uh, taken as uh, uh, hostages, uh, of course, are all in risk of severe complication. And we all think that, uh, and indeed the government, Israeli government put it as one of the main goals of uh, the current uh, um, uh, war. Um, 
And of course, we are talking not just about them, we're talking also about their families uh, that are under severe mental uh, stress. Um, we have, uh, and I can send it to you, we have a, a, also a list of medication. Um, I, I want to bring you maybe some specific cases so you can have, you know, what, sometimes the big numbers are not making any, any sense. So 85-year-old woman with heart failure, kidney disease, asthma, cardiac arrhythmia, uh, with the risk of developing blood clotting. Um, a man with severe autoimmune disease requiring biologic treatments in the hospital with the risk of uh, disease worsening and, and death. 60-year-old uh, man with multiple sclerosis that cannot walk independently. Um, a baby uh, less than one year old that relies only on food formula needs immediate uh, supply of food. And, and you can just, uh, children with autism, teenagers with autism, you can, you can just uh, uh, imagine. Um, so we met with the Red Cross. Um, I need to say that we are very, very disappointed by the World Health Organization. We uh, spoke to them. Uh, I think that some of you um, Remember that Professor Dorit Nitsan was on a webinar. She, she was uh, working at the WHO as a WHO Emergency Preparedness of the European Region. Now she's at Ben Gurion University. And she's also very, very disappointed by the passivity of the World Health uh, Organization. Uh, I need to say on the other hand that we need to be also very careful about the situation in Gaza. Um, of course, uh, there is already there a humanitarian uh, crisis. Uh, I'm not entering into all the ethical uh, uh, dilemma, um, but uh, I'm, I'm happy that, it, uh, that Israel uh, got back uh, the water uh, to the southern part of, uh, of uh, Gaza. Um, the fact that uh, the Barbaros are people in front of us Okay, we, we need to keep uh, our own uh, ethical standards, of course, with the understanding that it's a, it's a war. And in war, um, of course, uh, unfortunately, people are going to uh, to suffer. So um, I know that we wanted also to have uh, time for, for questions. Um, we're just at the beginning. Um, the very intense and hard week uh, in front of us ahead of us. Um, it is clear that uh, the state that was not there at the beginning is, is returning. And, and, and again, uh, things are not equal everywhere. Believe me, the people working, for example, the Minister of Health, many of them are not sleeping right now. So I'm not, I'm not my, what I'm saying is, uh, um, you know, these are our colleagues and, and friends and Neil worked in the Minister of Health also. And that doing whatever they, they can, but this is something that is related to uh, something much, much broader about preparing for emergencies. And as I started, Israel is amazing in emergencies and much less so on the long term. We saw it also during COVID uh, that when we needed to deal with the long-term issues, uh, things like uh, mental health, uh, the effect of closing schools, that's also something to, to remember, and, and, and Taub Center was dealing uh, with that. We need to remember that health is not just medicine, it's about social determinants of health, it's about food safety, it's about 
uh, housing, it's about the economic uh, uh, situation. And we need to remember that unfortunately there are inequalities in Israel, inequalities that Tab Center is monitoring from many years and suggested uh, different uh, uh, policy uh, implications. And of course the role of the civic society and municipalities is, is extremely important, but of course need the backup, the budgets, the, the coordination uh, of the government. And we have here different uh, uh, levels. So these are horrible times, but also the, the spirit of uh, the Israeli society, the people that are volunteering, uh, it's really something that is amazing. I'm sure that we're all going to maybe, I, I think that maybe it's an opportunity for us to, to improve, to remember who we are, uh, to remember the, you know, the, 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 the factor of being together and being in solidarity, uh, not just in emergencies, but also uh, in, the, in the normal times. And, and we had some meetings where, uh, you know, among ourselves in the Taub Center, and uh, I want to thank uh, uh, both uh, Avi and Nir for their leadership. Um, it's not uh, trivial in such uh, um, difficult times. Thank you. I hope I gave a balanced uh, perspective. It's a very difficult one, but also some things that are emerging. Thank you. Thank you, Nadav. That was very, very interesting, very informative. Um, we have a few questions here. I think the first two you have, uh, you have actually already addressed, the third one not. But let me read the first two to you, and you'll see if you have anything that you want to add. Uh, Renee asks, could Nadav please comment on health, public health issues and the hostages? So I think you've done that. But if you want to add to it, that's that would be great. And uh, Tommy asks, Nadav, thank you for your descriptions of the healthcare system. The Taub Center wrote to us that you are actively engaged in international efforts to secure the release of the hostages abducted by Hamas. It is clear to me that much of these efforts is secret, but what can you tell us about these efforts? So let's, uh, and then uh, Renee also just added, can you tell us what happened? Uh, what happened in your international Red Cross meeting? Right. Renee, so you, got that the, you got that under the wire. Yeah. No. So there is nothing secret in in the meeting. Uh, we just uh, had a whole initiative to understand the needs uh, uh, of the people that were that are now hostages, uh, as I mentioned here, we gave all the information we have uh, to the International uh, Red Cross. Uh, and now, of course, um, it's mainly up to them, but you need to understand that uh, they also need to have uh, the umbrella, you know, of, of the UN and, and other uh, organizations in order to, to act. Um, so we continue to put pressure. Um, I can, uh, I'll put uh, maybe a link for a petition that uh, I'll be very happy if you can uh, sign. Um, of course, behind the scenes are things that the, the US and, and other international organizations are, are doing. Uh, we also, um, all of us uh, were in contact and still in contact with, uh, we all, uh, members in different uh, international organizations. Um, 
such as the European Public Health Association, the World Federation of Public Health Association. Uh, so there are lots of things uh, going on. Um, this is something that uh, uh, it's even hard to go to sleep when you're thinking about uh, what's going uh, on uh, uh, there. Uh, now, in terms of the public health uh, issues, so again, the difference between a, a, a more clinical or individualistic perspective and a public health perspective, that in public health, you're thinking about prevention. So you're not dealing just with the immediate and, and, and the acute. You're already from the day one, you need to think about the long-term and long-term is defined by mental health issues, by food security, as I mentioned, and many other things that are going to be taking place in the community. And of course, it's much broader than just the healthcare sector. You need to work with welfare, with uh, economic, with uh, all, all of that. And, and Israel started to create roundtables and the most important place to have this kind of roundtable is under the prime minister um, office, because uh, this is the place where everything must be finally integrated. It cannot be that every uh, governmental office will do its work without knowing of uh, other things taking uh, taking uh, uh, place. Um, I see that Ana uh, is ask, asking about, is the uniform support? So in general, yes, uh, but I think that sometimes you don't need just support, you need actions. And and here it's very, very um, frustrating that World Health Organization, I, I personally think can be much more proactive uh, in trying to deal with uh, the situation. Um, it's not enough just to write a letter of support. We need, we need actions. Uh, Max asks a, 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 a difficult question, um, and I'd love to hear what you think about it. I hope we are not spending precious resources on injured and dead terrorists. What is Israel doing with them? Okay, so that's something we also dealt in the... Uh, I know it's very difficult, but according to any international law and, and the international code of ethics, when you have a, a, a terrorist being injured in front of you, you must treat him or uh, even when Eichmann, Adolf Eichmann was in Israel, you know, we gave him treatment. Uh, of course, it's very hard. Uh, you need to be very, very sensitive. Um, for example, it would be totally inappropriate to have uh, someone who's a terrorist in the same place where there are families of people that were attacked by those terrorists. In, in general, what is supposed to happen that the military, and there is a specific uh, regulation, should establish a, a, a special hospital. There's even a place, it's not so far, it's called Sdeteiman, it's not so far from uh, uh, Be'er Sheva. Uh, I need to say that at the beginning there was no time to establish it, so some of the terrorists were treated. Uh, there is also the prison services because uh, ter these terrorists are also being interrogated. Uh, but um, 
we we don't have a situation now that uh, because of treating uh, terrorists there won't be a treatment available for other uh, Israelis. Okay, so I think this is exactly what is uh, differentiating us from Hamas. I know it's infuriating. I know it's horrible, but we are going to treat Hamas terrorists. We're going to interrogate them. We are going to put them in jail or whatever. But uh, according healthcare workers, they are not judges. They are not the police. They need to treat any person in front of them, even if it's a terrorist, even if it's Adolf Eichmann. Uh, this is uh, something that is agreed by all medical uh, uh, community and all uh, bioethicists. Um, again, with all the anger. Yeah, um, that's actually a very difficult issue. And we know that at the beginning, um, there were actually some places where the terrorists were put in the same wards as uh, as the people they had they had attacked, and that that was uh, that they were taken out. After this was brought to the attention, it was actually separated, and a special facility was put together for them. And uh, and as as uh, iPhone says, I don't know what your name is, iPhone, but that's the way you appear. Uh, treating terrorists does give you an opportunity to interrogate. And from the understanding we that we have here, some information that was gathered from some of these captured terrorists was actually were actually very very useful in 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 part of planning into the attacks that Israel is doing uh, at the current time in order to 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 set things straight. Uh, so that's all very very true. Um, I want to. Uh, there are no other questions that appear here on this list. Of course, you're all welcome to to put them in. Or if you want to speak, we can also let you uh, ask the question uh, um, orally. You just press your space bar, you'll be able to uh, to speak. But but let me just add uh, my own, uh, I mean, it, it, it's not a very deep perspective, but it's just part of the way that I feel. This has been incredibly difficult time for Israel, incredibly difficult time for the people of Israel. And it is something that is going to leave a very, very great mark inside of Israel for a very, very long time. Um, and I'm not even talking about the medical side of it. I'm talking about the mental side of it. I'm talking about 1,400 families that have lost their 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 uh, their 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 beloved, um, you know, children and parents. And talking about acts uh, that are so incredibly gruesome that they're hard to even talk about. That they're hard to even think about how that could be done. And and people who are alive, people who are dead, don't won't continue suffering from it. The people who are alive will continue suffering from it for a very long time. And the at the report I saw one of the articles that was in the paper that was in uh, I saw in one of the in one of the uh, uh, websites uh, yesterday of a father with a picture of this pretty little uh, probably four year old or so uh, a girl. The father saying that I'm, I'm I was really relieved when I heard that she was killed because I could only imagine what I what 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 would happen if she was captured. And 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 this is going to leave a huge mark. Now, right now, everybody is helping everybody else. And and that's really incredible. I understand that the same is happening in the United States and the same is happening worldwide, where you know, as divided as we were for, for, for in many, many ways, this has really brought people together in a way that it hasn't happened probably since the Yom Kippur War, or maybe even the Six-Day War. But uh, but 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 certainly in a very very in a very very long time. But the day after is where it's going to be hard to hold on to the remembrance that 
what unites us is is much more important than what divides us. And that's something that's easy to say now and that we see around us. And the question is how how much that's going to be brought into the uh, into the future. Um, sorry for that little speech. It wasn't part of the schedule planned uh, planned um, the, the you know what we were planning to do. But if there are no more questions or no more comments, then I want to thank Nadav. I want to thank him for everything that he does and for all the work that he does throughout Israel in trying to help in this difficult situation and many other difficult situations uh, and with what he gives to the Taub Center. And I also, before we end, I just want to also thank um, uh, our board members who are here, our supporters who are here with us and friends of the Taub Center. Um, your support is super important uh, to the Taub Center, and we thank each and every one of you for it. Um, with that, I suppose we are adjourned. And again, thank you very much, Nadav, and thank you all for coming here.